Welcome to Real People, Real Conversations, a platform for everyday people to share their experiences, hardships, and teachable moments. This podcast acts as a safe space for discussions surrounding grief, shame, vulnerability, and overcoming life's curveballs. My name is Sarah, and as your host, I hope that through our discussions, you are able to find comfort in knowing you're not alone. Hello everyone, I am so excited for today's episode. I get to sit down with one of my friends, the one and only amazing Miriam Katz. Now, Miriam is a lifelong spiritual seeker who loves helping others become the highest version of themselves. She uses a toolbox that draws from everything from shamanism, mysticism, energy medicine, life coaching, and beyond to guide others in accessing the resources necessary to overcome spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical obstacles in their lives. Now, since 2009, Miriam has assisted clients to cast off their restraints and become more powerful, lighter, freer versions of themselves. And just like us, Miriam has also experienced times when, you know, she felt alone in her life. So we're going to dive into this conversation with her and I hope you enjoy Um, Before we go any further, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and rating, giving us a five-star review, this will help others see this episode, see this podcast, and know that they are not alone on their healing journey. So any visibility you can give this podcast, I will be forever grateful for, and you may just be helping someone else out in noticing that they too are not alone on their healing journey. So without further ado, Here's Miriam. Alrighty, so today I am super excited to have the amazing Miriam Katz on the line with me. So welcome, Miriam. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Oh, thank you for being here. How's your day going so far? It's going great. I uh, got to hang out with my kids in the morning, and I get to hang out with you now. So yay! Yeah. And you're in Boston, correct? Yes. Yeah, you're still there. Amazing. So Miriam and I, just a little backstory on us, just to kind of introduce the listeners to how we know each other. We took a shamanic training in Lenox, Massachusetts back in, was it 2017? Um, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And from then, we've just stayed in touch and you've really taken off with your business, your shamanic business. You do some coaching. Maybe tell us a little bit about what you do and how you serve others. Yeah, sure. So I have three different services that I provide and, and they often end up becoming hybridized and kind of, uh, you know, intermixing with each other. But I do divination. So that's channeling from spirit um, on matters big and small. I do shamanic coaching, which is kind of a hybrid of life coaching and an internal journeying process to find parts of ourselves that are holding on to stuck emotional patterns so that we can release them from the core. And I do shamanic healing, which is calling in helping spirits and guides and ancestors to assist in um, bringing someone to a a state of empowerment and wellness to bring all the parts of themselves back so that they can um, be, you know, on board, unblocking them uh, so they can live their best lives. 
That's amazing. It sounds like you're really able to help people become empowered in who they are. And through doing that, do you find that your clients tend to come back over and over again and really are able to use the tools you teach them in their daily lives? Yeah, many of them do take the tools on and will start, say, a grounding practice or connecting, you know, if they've learned shamanic journeying, uh, connecting with their helping spirits or guides. Um, And there are a lot of clients who do come back, um, you know, whether it's they're working on a three during a three month period to kind of break through something, some big pattern in their life or whether, you know, they come in once to work through something big, and then they come back in for maintenance, you know, every season, seasonal change, or every year, it really varies depending on, you know, the person and their goals and their, um, their composition, but it's fun how everyone can kind of customize it in a way that is uh, resonant with them and their needs. Yeah, it sounds like they become more in tune with their body and who they are as they go through and work with you. Um, How did this come about for you? How did you become involved in all this work? I've always been interested in this stuff. And, uh, you know, it took a while for me to actually bring it out into the world because it always felt like something that um, I needed to squirrel away on the side. And, you know, I'd uh, check out books from the library and I'd turn them face down so like you know the librarian see all the like books on the chakras and on like ESP and whatever it was that I was studying mediumship I was always kind of embarrassed and and closeted about it so it's been um you know since childhood a, a process of of gradually coming out and feeling more comfortable in my skin to the point where I can now talk to you know a perfect stranger in a, at a party and tell them yeah like I work with spirit to to help people heal and I don't think I'm crazy so I don't really care what they <laughs> it sounds like it's helped you come into who you are as well absolutely yeah yes. now what has been you mentioned that you were kind of shy and embarrassed of your work as you were getting to know it and know yourself and how you can help others now would you say that was one of your biggest obstacle or was there another obstacle you had to come through to step into this line of work to be confident in it yeah, I'd say in, you know, in regards to this, this work that I do, that was my biggest obstacle. It was, you know, I think um, a lot of us who are connected um, spiritually and who are in tune to the non-ordinary uh, reality, like yourself um, as well, you know, we are, many of us have kind of chosen families that are much more rational or kind of are not mm-hmm. uh, consciously tapped into this stuff. And so, for me, it was a matter of being told for much of my childhood that I was, it was all in my imagination. And so needing to come to terms with what I was being told and what I knew to be true and then was questioning whether it was true. Um, so, you know, the path of, of self-mastery, of learning that, yeah, this is a thing, the energy is affecting me. And until I understand it and know how to work with it, it is going to own me you know, was was a big piece that I was grappling with in my 20s and 30s. Um, And so the more that I gained mastery over energy, over working with spirit, over these tools, the more I was able to come into my own personal power and finally just tell the world like, look, this is, this is it. I'm, I'm tapped into this stuff and I work with it and that feels good to me. So um, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you said, 
and it, really I've never thought of this before, but it's so true. And I love that you brought it up that a lot of us who do the shamanic work do um, channel and work with spirit have chosen families that are much more rational. I never thought of that, but now that I'm looking and kind of stewing this over, it is really very true. Everyone I know who is in this field is generally in a family that is very logically minded and not really in tune with spirits. We almost feel like we were hiding and having to overcome our own um, insecurities in order to step into this work and truly say, here I am, just like you said you did. You're no longer scared to just say, this is what I do at a party. You're so confident in that work. And I've never thought of that before. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, if you look at our kind of mainstream North American or Western societies, like that's what we've been taught. We've been taught to focus on logic and reason reason and skills and, you know, and earning and kind of this whole worldview. And so it's dominant. Um, and I think it's helpful to us to kind of grow up with that mindset because then we know what we're working with when we have clients come to us. I mean, when I first started doing this kind of work to serve others in, in becoming empowered, I was doing career coaching, which felt like, you know, just still kind of in the box. It felt safe to me because it was still career oriented and that kind of thing, but, but still a little bit more around personal discovery. And so many of my clients were like, you know, had disowned themselves and their drives of what it was that they wanted to do, whether it was like coaching soccer or making <laughs> art or teaching, you know, in favor of finance and, you know, money making and climbing the corporate ladder, because that's what we're taught. Like that's, you know, that's what success is. And so um, understanding that big picture of how we start disowning parts of ourselves and losing our own personal power is so important because, you know, you and I are doing, you know, we've been doing this self work, this exploration to unearth who we are, you know, where we stowed these little parts of ourselves away so we can own them again. And then we're in a better position to help others, you know, who, who are doing the same thing because, that's just part of, of the world that we're living in today. Absolutely. It's like we're just walking each other home now and kind of deconditioning that mindset of we need to do what we're told we should do rather than listening to ourselves. We have to provide, we have to do this, this, and this, A, B, and C in order to be successful when in reality, when we get to that point following the cues everyone else has put before us, we find that we're really not happy at all because we haven't listened to our truth. We've just owned those parts of us, like you mentioned, and how beautiful it is that being in this line of work, we're able to bring back people into themselves and into their passions and into those things that make them thrive and really, really make them live in a sense, right? What would you offer someone or what would you say to someone who's feeling maybe disempowered or ashamed of being interested in this line of work or is just not sure how to get back to themselves. What, what would you say to them or guide them to do? I would guide them to continue exploring their passions. You know, it's like continue learning. If something calls you, learn it, dive in, you know, you may be embarrassed, just work through it. Um, You know, yoga metaphor is coming up for me where, when I started doing yoga in my early 20s, I was, um, 
you know, I would lie at the end in Shavasana and feel very exposed and feel very uncomfortable, you know, kind of just being there with my body in this space with all these people around me who could be looking at me. It just felt really vulnerable to me. And the more I did it, the more I grew confident in, in my body, the more I grew to understand this isn't a big deal. And everyone in this room with me is doing the same thing that I do with varying degrees of discomfort or kind of triggers or whatever they have, but they're all coming in in an honest place. And so, you know, the value of community is really tremendous, kind of showing up in spaces where people of like mind are looking to learn similar things, finding those kindred spirits. Like, you know, I was so privileged and am so privileged to have found you and to have mm -hmm. that connection with you. Yeah. Um, so it, it really helps to just do the work, show up, you know, make the connections and just, you know, find people who can be your study buddies or who can, you know, hold your hand as you're stepping into your power, finding your way in the world. Yeah, there's something so empowering about that community. You know, I know when we met, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, there's someone else like me out there. And for me, that was such a momentous occasion. I think I cried for the majority of that training because I was so in awe that there was other people like me. It was the first time I really felt a sense of belonging and for others to be able to experience that, to really encourage people to find your community. It may not be where everyone else is looking and that's okay. You know, follow your gut, follow what fuels you and it's so important to find that community because you know we all are just really holding each other's hand and building each other up and to have that support and that sense of belonging is so huge I, find, I think it's detrimental to really have in your life to have that full embodiment of who you are and be supported in that is truly for me it was life-changing anyways to experience community for the first time yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Now I, I want to ask you kind of a, it's kind of a shadow work question, which I think you and I are pretty familiar with. We do a lot of shadow work in our, in our work and in our training. And I may have asked you this before, but from where you are right now, if you were to go back in time and talk to your five-year-old self, what would you say? Hmm. What, what would you need to hear as a five-year-old? Um, I mean, I, the first thing that comes to mind is you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I think that's a huge, a huge fear of like, you know, if everything that I see is, is as untrue as I'm being told that it is, mm -hmm. then what is wrong with me? Yeah. Um, and, and on the flip side, not only are you not crazy, but what you perceive like that, that perception that you have makes you really powerful. And so pay attention to those whisperings that are coming through to those instincts and those, um, those visions, that information. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot in there for you. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I love that. And I think a lot of people become fearful of what they don't know. And so they label it as crazy or they Reduce this fear in you to not perceive it anymore, not pursue it rather anymore. And even as a child, it doesn't mean that they're speaking words to you. It can be a look or mm -hmm. even ignoring or the silence of it, right? Yeah. Children are so perceptive. So 
just listening to who you are and knowing that you're not crazy. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's huge. I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Um, So I wanted to ask you, I kind of like to wrap up with how, how others can connect with you. What's going on in your world? What programs do you have coming up? What are you sharing in this world today? Um, so one thing that I'm really excited about, uh, is, is something I'm developing in partnership with a friend of mine. Um, it, it has to do with rediscovering my shamanic roots, uh, rediscovering the shamanic roots of the tradition, which I was raised in, which is the Jewish, you know, tradition, culture, faith, um, all of that. So, you know, Sarah, you and I studied Peruvian shamanism and I've been studying Mm -hmm. core shamanism and kind of all of these in native American shamanism lots of different traditions around the world. And, you know, all these questions of cultural appropriation come up of like, am I taking something that, you know, that someone doesn't want me to take, or am I taking something they're freely giving? And uh, it, it led me to wonder, like, what are the roots? What are the shamanic roots of Judaism of the, you know, of the culture and people that I was raised as part of, of my ancestors? And so I started journeying directly to those ancestors to find out what are the mystical earth-based spiritual practices that uh, were performed back before there really was an organized religion, back when just the spirit of everything was, was among the people. And so I've been excavating that for a couple of years now. And over the past year, I've been working with my friend, Aaron, who's a rabbi, um, you know, who also has been doing vision quests and, and uh, wilderness uh, training and things like that. And so we are mining kind of those original roots of the Jewish tradition, and we're building a Hebrew shamanic apprenticeship that um, we will be launching in October 2020. Um, oh, amazing. And, yeah, in New England, USA. So I'm excited. That sounds so fascinating. Now, is this open to anyone or what's your ideal client for this? Who, who is it that would be perfect for this program? Yeah, so I really, it was really important to me to make it open to everyone, just like the way these beautiful Peruvian shaman elders have embraced anyone in the world who wants to learn their tools. And I feel like the world is a really better place for it. Um, and Judaism is an interesting place where it's at, you know, the crossroads of all these different monotheistic traditions, and everyone's been touched by some sort of offshoot of Judaism in some way in their life. And so we very consciously named it a Hebrew shamanic apprenticeship. So we're looking at the roots, kind of the, maybe the the letters, the foundational elements of it, but it's not for Jewish people alone. It's for, you know, anyone who is interested in what the the mystical roots, uh, those, those elemental roots of the monotheistic faith um, are and wants to engage directly with these types of shamanic practices in community. Uh, let me just tell you, I have goosebumps and tears in my eyes at the same time. I feel like this is going to be so healing for so many people and such an amazing tool to have out there. And just the energetics of change this program is going to bring is just, I, I have chills. I, I feel like this is going to be such amazing work you're both doing. And I thank you for bringing this to life because, you know, it's, it's going to do so much good in the world. It's, I, I, you know, me, I don't generally get goosebumps and tears in my eyes unless I 
fully feel it. And I am so excited for you guys. This is going to be huge, Thank huge, you. huge. So how can people sign up? How can people get a hold of you? Do you have a web page or how, how do you prefer people get a hold of you, Miriam? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the web page for the apprenticeship program is hebrewshaman.com. So shaman is spelled S-H-A-M-A-N. And if people are looking to get a hold of me directly uh, to work in person or remotely or any questions you might have, um, my website is miriamjcats.com. So M-I-R-I-A-M-J-K-A-T-Z.com. Thank you for sharing. And I have one last question for you that's just coming through. What advice would you offer or words of encouragement would you offer someone who feels like they're alone at this point in their life? Oh, you know, that really resonates with me because I have felt alone in this work, uh, you know, up until just a few years ago, probably up until that year that, you know, we all came together and met. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can still do the work, you know, you can still do your own inner work, you can still learn and you can still practice. Um, Interestingly, Facebook became a really important community for me when I was developing myself, I found, you know, a like minded spiritual group, when I was studying um, mediumship, there were lots of like, mediumship groups where I would just practice photo reading and, you know, get get feedback as I was developing that skill. Um, So it's like, you know, first, we're lucky to be in a in a time and space where we can connect to people across time and space through the internet. And so I highly recommend that and books and then and then finding your people like going out joining a training going to a yoga class, like whatever it is, or Qigong, whatever that resonates with you, that's where you'll find your people, you know, and if it's not that first place, go to another just just keep unturning stones until until you until you find your people. Yeah. Oh, I love that you shared that you felt alone too, because it's so common to feel alone. And I wanted to thank you for sharing that and bringing it back to community again, because it's so important and there's so many different ways. And mentioning that Facebook is a great way to communicate and become a community. It's very non-traditional, but it still gives you that sense of community and you have access to so many more group so much more diversity through Facebook sometimes than especially if you're living in a rural community so thank you for bringing that up because I really didn't think of Facebook at first but it makes total sense total sense so thank you so much Miriam for coming on and chatting with me today and I'm so grateful to connect with you again you've been such an amazing influence on my life and support and mentor as well. And, you know, you do such great work and I really look up to you. So thank you for sharing with me today. It's completely mutual. And, you know, like just the encouragement that you've given me as I've been tapping into these pieces. I mean, I remember it still stays with me as I, you know, discovered that I wanted to do this Hebrew shamanic apprenticeship people, uh, you know, program you were like this is you you're happening on your life's work you know you've touched that and it struck such a chord with me um the validation and the mentorship and the guidance that you provide to people is such a service to this world and you know we're so lucky to have you out there doing this work um and i'm lucky to have you as a friend personally so i want to thank you for you are 
thank you so much. I wish I could give just give you a huge hug right now. So I'm doing that energetically, giving you a huge hug. And uh, we will talk later. And thank you again. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to the Real People, Real Conversations podcast. I look forward to having you back here in this community. If you want more of a community within this podcast, head on over to Instagram and check us out. Search Real People, Real Conversations to tap in to that platform. As well, please, please share with your friends. Give us a five-star review so that we can continue to bring you content to help others know they are not alone. Have a great day, guys.